Hey everybody, welcome to the Going For Two podcast. Coming to you live from our own perspective bubbles, we're talking today about the NBA and their bubble. Ben, how is it in the North Carolina bubble? The North Carolina bubble is is get ready to pop, I think. I think uh, we are... At least I am. I'm ready. I'm ready to enter the rest of the world. Although I know I, I probably shouldn't, and I don't think I will. But I think I've been ready to, to pop my bubble for like the past few months. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am being um, sustained by watching the NBA bubble and watching the playoffs. There you go. What about you? How's the How's the Tejas bubble? Well, like like we we talked about this a little bit before the show, but it's it's the wild west down here in Texas, and uh, we're uh, we're getting through it, maybe in a different fashion, um, but a lot less restrictions, a lot less, especially in um, Van, Texas. You know, um, smaller population, more spread out just by nature. Um, I'm sure things are different in Dallas, and I think things are even a little different in in Tyler, but pretty, uh, we're getting, we're getting closer to normal. I might be going to a high school football game this Friday. So that would be a huge step towards normalcy in my eyes. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy because we, man, you know, looking at the trajectory of the pandemic and where we had, uh, taken our podcast when it first started, you know, back in March or April Mm -hmm. or so. And we discussed, the format uh, for the NBA playoffs on, on one of right. our um, podcasts. I think it might've been one of our Instagram live sessions uh, actually. So it's, it's very interesting to see this sort of come full circle or full bubble, if you will, uh, for us to see whether or not we got our predictions right about that NBA format. Um, you know, whenever we spoke about that, I think it, that was probably in April or so when we had no idea what the world was going to look like this time of the year. For sure. Yep. And uh, spoiler alert: we were uh, we were a little off on our maybe <laughs> predictions, but we had a cool. I think we went with uh, basically a la March Madness style. Like that's what we were sort of hoping for. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but we obviously didn't get that. So, but that would have been fun. I will give the NBA credit. You know they they did try some new things and. I'm I'm on board, Ben. What tell us, you know, just in general, what do you think of the format? Yeah, the format is it's a lot different this year for um our viewers that have not been watching the playoffs. Essentially the, the format is a little bit more compact in that they're able to do that. There's a lot less travel, uh well actually no travel, uh inside the bubble, so there's no real home and away games uh, for each team. But basically the games are being played every other day for the teams. um, And they're having a stretch of uh, usually three, sometimes even four games in a row. It was fantastic. The other day I just watched four NBA basketball games (laughs) in a row for like, just, Mm -hmm. you know, nine hours on the couch. Just, I was like, sports are back. This is amazing. Um, but the format is it's different, but I love it. And I think that the players probably enjoy it as well. I think that the wear and tear of the playoffs not only occurs because of the travel, which is eliminated, not only because of the minutes played, which is still there, but also because of just the sheer time that the playoffs take. You know, the playoffs generally go from um, what about, you know, late April, early May, I guess, until June, if you make it that far. And so that's Mm -hmm. a really good chunk of time that you're playing a lot of basketball. And so eliminating that and uh, compacting that schedule is, I think the players probably enjoy it. Um, And I know as a fan, I really enjoy it because I don't have to go days without watching basketball. Right, for sure. That's that's been one of my favorite things is every night there's going to be a game on. You don't have to think, well, are they, is today a travel day? Do they have a break today? What, is there a game on? There was two on last night, but no, every day there's a game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great to watch, especially from a fan perspective. 
So Ben, give us a little background. Um, where are we at with some of these series? Yeah. So just uh, to sort of go a reference point, because this schedule is so compact and the games get played so quickly and things can change within a matter of an afternoon. Uh, we are recording this on uh, Tuesday night around 7, August 25th. Uh, so I believe the uh, one of the games is currently going on, actually. It's the Jazz Nuggets uh, game five that's currently going on. That's The Nuggets are uh, losing by two. So just a real-time update. I don't think we've ever <laughs> done a real-time update on this show. Um, Probably not. But... Uh, so that's kind of where we're at. Um, but just to give a rundown, the East has already had two teams make it into the final round, or excuse me, the next round. Uh, the East have already had two teams make it into the next round with the Heat sweeping the Pacers, uh, or excuse me, three teams, the Raptors sweeping the Nets, and the Celtics sweeping the 76ers. So all three teams got out the broomsticks and the Bucks uh, are trying to put it away. Uh, they're mm-hmm. leading three to one against the magic. Um, so they'll be playing, I believe tomorrow and trying to meet the rest of the three teams in the East in the next round. So the East consists of the Raptors, the Celtics, the Pacers and, or, or and the Bucks, or the Magic. The West is a little bit different story, a little bit tighter of a race. Um, the Lakers, Trailblazers, uh, that was a very interesting scenario, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the podcast. But uh, the Lakers are up 3-1 to one on the Trailblazers. Um, the Rockets, Thunder, that's a 2-2 two to two matchup. So that's our only tied matchup uh, that I've listed so far. However, the Clippers and Mavericks uh, matchup is also tied. Two to two, um, and then the Nuggets Jazz. That's a three-six matchup. However, the Jazz, the sixth seed, are actually leading the Nuggets three to one, and may put the Nuggets by within you know a couple of hours. So, um, in the West, just to summarize, the Lakers have a three-one lead on the Trailblazers. Rockets Thunder are tied. Jazz Nuggets uh, are maybe over. Jazz are up three to one, and Clippers and Mavs are tied as well. So things a little bit tighter in the East, but I mean, in the West, but a great playoff picture all around. For sure. So Ben, you've been watching quite a bit. Like you said, you spent nine hours one day watching NBA basketball. That may be the total amount that I've watched combined so far. Um, but I am a sports junkie. And so I get um, quite a bit of information, you know, from sports radio, when I drive to lunch or anywhere or podcasts, um, so what, who would you say is the MVP of the playoffs so far? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this, that's a really interesting question because the MVP of the playoffs is a lot different than the MVP of the bubble. So, um, mm-hmm. the MVP of the bubble was Damian Lillard. Um, the, should that have know, been Lillard or should it have been Booker? It should have been Booker. I mean, it should have been Lillard. Um, yeah, I think they got it right. Um, I think there were some other uh, challengers as well. TJ Warren was playing lights out at times. Um, right. You know, so there were some people that were playing that were contesting Lillard, but I think they got it right. Um, and so what we were all expecting is for Lillard to take that into um, into the playoffs, and he did for game one. And then right. it all kind of went downhill from there, and he's battled some injuries, unfortunately, as well. Um, so Damian Lillard, you know, immediately became sort of out of the running for playoff MVP. Um, and that left some other familiar uh, Giannis, um, LeBron, obviously. Um, but really, Luka has played his way uh, into MVP consideration for the playoff bubble, um, as well as uh, putting him aside uh, with LeBron James and some other people like Giannis. Um, I'm sure I'm, Donovan Mitchell has been playing lights out. Donovan Mitchell is actually the leading scorer uh, throughout the NBA playoffs so far. So wow. all that to say, with sort of those four, I would put as my front runners, I'm sure I'm leaving a few out. Um, but out of all those four, my MVP would be Luka. And the reason why I say that is – are there people who have been putting up 
more points than Luka. Um, yes, I believe Luka is the fourth leading scorer in the NBA playoffs so far. As I said, Donovan Mitchell is the first. Um, but when I look at sort of that, uh, the context that Luka is playing in, he goes into the uh, matchup. The Mavericks are a seven seed. Kristaps Porzingis has been banged up. Um, he, I, he didn't even play or uh, he didn't even play um, the two nights ago when Luka made that fantastic buzzer beater. Uh, they go in right. against a very good Clippers team, a, a team that many people think have the potential to win the, not just the West, but the NBA championship. And so he goes against Kawhi and Paul George, two of the elite defenders in the league, and he just brings the series even. He makes it 2-2. Two to two. He hits a game winner to get them to bring that series even, and he's been hobbled up. He was playing on a bum ankle as well. So mm-hmm. When I think of you know what Luke is doing, I compare it to like let's say Donovan Mitchell, he's been fantastic as well. But that that yes, is a six for six versus a three seed. But that Jazz Nuggets matchup is less of a discrepancy. It's it's less of a gap because I think we are the Jazz. In my eyes, they're they're right there with the Nuggets as far as the ranking goes. Mm-hmm. So them being up three to one is not near as surprising as the Mavs being up two to two, or uh, with the Clippers, Lakers, LeBron. You know they're much, they're a better team all around than the. Trailblazers, um, and then I think Giannis is getting it done. He's doing a good job against the Bucks or against the Magic, excuse me. But um, you know that's a one eight seed they're supposed to roll over. So as of now, things may change. You know, within the next few weeks, when the matchups get a little bit, you know, different, when Giannis faces better competition, and so does uh, Donovan Mitchell and things like that. But as of right now, my MVP is uh, is Luca. I have to agree with that for sure. Luca has has been unstoppable. He's he's looked like the best player in the bubble as of late. I I agree early on Devin Booker and the Suns going undefeated in the in the pre-playoff games. That was that was crazy. That was awesome for them. Um I'm disappointed they didn't make it into the playoffs. Like I feel like I feel like they would feel shortchanged, you know, going undefeated in this circumstance and still not making it. I know that you got to look at it as holistically as this was part of the 20, uh, 2019-2020 season that got cut off, but it almost feels completely separate. And in that aspect, it looked like the Suns were, you know, they were on fire. They were they were playing excellent basketball but um that's besides the point now that they've been eliminated um couple updates on on a couple players you mentioned damian lillard is out for game five and so is um christophs porzingis for their matchup tonight against the clippers so luca will have to do it again by himself and i have to say this is this is the end of the road for the Trailblazers, right? Without Damian Lillard, it's got to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Anthony unless, Davis unless... is going to have to play worse than playoff P to for them to lose that game. So, hey, you know Gary Trent Jr. Uh, uh-huh, shout out yeah. to Duke. <laughs> okay. You know, if he gets hot and and you know scores twenty threes, they've got a chance. You know? And CJ McCollum, isn't he battling a broken bone in his back or something like that? Oh my gosh, is that right? I didn't know that, but I know he's been out there playing. Uh, but if he was out there playing with a broken bone, they should just give him a. They should give them like at least a, a free, uh, a free win. You know, to even this. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just to make it a little a more interesting. Broken, yeah, like a broken back. You know, and you're playing with it. That deserves just a win. Yeah. So they're, they're going to need like 50 from uh, C.J. McCollum. They're going to need another one of those triple doubles that includes blocks from Hassan Whiteside like he did back in when he was with the Heat. And I don't, I don't know. Gary Trent Jr. may also have to put up 50 for them to win this game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. So who, who's been the, surpri- the biggest surprise? Is it the Mavericks – stealing two games from the, you know, everyone's projection to win the NBA championship Clippers or, you know, is Orlando impressing you just winning a game against the one seated bucks? Who's the biggest surprise for you? 
Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sort of torn. There's a few sort of surprises. Um, the Mavs are, are definitely surprising. You know, I'll leave it at that. Um, are they the most surprising? I'm not sure. I think when you have uh, generational talent like Luka, these things happen, you know. And because of that, it's not extremely surprising. Kristaps um, has not been absent this series. He has uh, mm-hmm. produced at times when he's healthy. And so when you have Kristaps uh, – playing and when you have an amazing talent like luca it's not out of this world surprising when what they do against the clippers um now you know if they can pull through without Kristaps, that would be very surprising um but i'm not sure oh and i will add um this is the great thing about uh the nba compact you know these things compact schedule coming through uh Giannis has just won defensive mvp so yep. congrats to Giannis. Um, but there's two teams that really stick out to me. The first one for the most surprising in the bubble. The first one uh, is the Thunder and what they've been able to do. I say that with a little hesitantly because when we think about the Thunder going against the Rockets, we often think, oh, wow, the Rockets with James Harden and with Russell Wellsbrook and all that they've been able to do, except Russell Wellsbrook has not been playing. He's been hurt. Right. So it's Chris Paul leading the Thunder and uh, Shy Gilgis Alexander and, you know, and these other uh, role players that certainly aren't superstars against James Harden uh, and his, you know, regular Houston squad of PJ Tucker um, and crew. So to me, that's not too surprising because Chris Paul is Chris Paul and he may have not, he may has not won a championship yet, but he gets it done in the playoffs. Um, so, mm-hmm. Because of that, it's not too, too surprising. Now, if they did this with Russell Wellsbrook playing, I'd be completely blown away. But he hasn't been playing, so it's not that surprising. I think where I've been most, maybe surprised isn't the best word, but impressed is probably a better term, is that Heat-Pacers matchup. Um, And the reason why is because the Heat actually... For those of you that don't know, even though the Heat sweeped the Pacers, the Heat were actually the, the lower-ranked seed. They were the fifth seed, and the Pacers were the four seed. So it was a 5-4 matchup with the five sweeping the four. So I wouldn't have been very surprised if the Heat won that series, but I was surprised that they swept the Pacers. Um, the Pacers are a, um, they're a solid team with a good coach. Um, Oladipo has been banged, banged up. Um, and the Heat were rallying around Jimmy Butler and playing a good basketball. So it wasn't, um, it wasn't, I guess, anything that blew me away, but out of everything in the context of the NBA bubble, them walking away with four wins to zero losses was very impressive mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. I think the bubble has, has an effect on, um, on the amount of sweeps. Um, I think, and I thought this going into it, I thought we'd see more sweeps with this format because there's no home court advantage and there's no switch. So any momentum that starts at the game one is more likely to not be interrupted by a change in, uh, in the home court. Um, so in those games where you know one team is clearly outmatched if they can't get it going early, I mean, that snowball effect is going to take place and it's going to be hard to steal a game when you're down 3-0, you know? And that's what we saw. I I don't think there was a, tank, a team down 3-0 that won that fourth game. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, that's, that's a really what, good point. That's what I think the effect the bubble has. But then I also think um, you look at the Mavericks and Clippers, teams that are closer in in matchup as far as skill level and just team chemistry you know uh, overall team um i don't know how you'd say that uh, as where the teams are matched closer Uh it really lends itself in the opposite way to allow the the lesser team to get a leg up you know to not be to not have to lose those first two games just because you're playing in a packed arena in the staples center you know um, it's there. The Clippers got no advantage by being the higher seed 
in that circumstance. So um, when you had a player like Luca and a team like the Mavericks that this this group has um, played together for the most part, key components for the last two years, and then even a little bit beyond that, I guess, um, before Luca got there. So there's a good core guys group of guys that have played together for a while. Whereas you're looking at a Clippers team who, um, yeah, they were incredible in the regular season, but they still are figuring out their chemistry. You know, they're, they're still figuring out how does Kawhi Leonard and Paul George play together and Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams guys that are coming off the bench. They have, they have an outstanding team talent wise but you can see their their struggles chemistry wise are being played out in front of um in front of the world and being exposed by the mavericks doc rivers actually referred to it as mental weakness and so i thought, mm. I thought that was really <laughs> really interesting um don't hold back man. yeah i i mean that's and that's got to be pointed at specifically paul george right he's been the the biggest disappointment for a star in the, these playoffs. Am I right? Yeah, no, by far easily. And I don't know if you saw what uh, Seth Curry called him, but I'm not going to repeat that on the airwaves. But um, <laughs> I mean, wow, it's uh, you know, his play has, wow, oh, man, Paul George, you, you just, he's got all the potential in the world. When he was with the Pacers matching up against LeBron and the heat, mm. like, we thought we were looking at the next LeBron, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, those matchups were phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I love what you said. Like, you make a really, really good point about um, sort of not having that momentum swing ability mm-hmm. uh, if you are a, a team that is the underdog in these series. Uh, I think another way, you know, and there's probably so many ways that we could examine the format of the bubble affecting play. But I think Mm -hmm. one of the other really, really impactful ways is that the games are uh, now truncated. Um, They're not the games themselves, but the uh, time from game A to game B is truncated. And so what that means is that the teams that are banged up are going to feel it much more because you no longer have uh, the game spread out and you don't have uh, more days for people to rest. So teams, with injury-prone players, and I'm looking at the Lakers with Anthony Davis. Anthony mm-hmm. Davis has been banged up. I mean, I watched their game the other day, and it looked like uh, twice on the court. I thought he was going to um, have an injury because he came off like you know hobbling and stuff like that. And he is an injury-prone player, right. and so when you have teams that have injury-prone players, and the Mavericks with Kristaps. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have uh, the inability for them to recover as quickly as they needed because if they get injured in game two, they're not going to have two or three days uh, to come back for game four. They're going to have to play the day after um, tomorrow and be able to uh, get back on the court probably uh, twice as quickly as they normally would. So those teams that aren't able to maintain player health throughout the um, – throughout the playoffs are, are probably very much going to feel it because of this format, I would assume. Yep. I, I couldn't agree more. So kind of piggybacking on that, um, you mentioned one of the teams I am, I don't know if I would say that they're underperforming, but I'm um, skeptical of. Um, who who do you think is underperforming in, the, in this environment, in these playoffs? I'm going to throw out one that I think and I'm going to say the Lakers, even though they've got the series in hand and looks like they're going to move on because they're going to play a banged up Portland squad. I don't think they can go much further if they don't step up their game significantly. Um, is there someone else that's, that's not living up to the hype? Yeah, I think, you know, I think we're kind of, um, looking at this in two different ways. You're sort of looking at the future. I'm sort of looking at the, um, I guess I'm looking at the teams that, uh, because of where we are in the tournament that aren't going to make it, you know, some of the teams that are down three to one or have been already eliminated um, for my underperforming teams. Uh, I think two teams generally stick out to me. So one is the Clippers, right? No, we don't know how that series is going to end, Mm -hmm. but I think 
you know, anyone could come on this podcast and say the Clippers have been underperforming and they would be extremely right. right. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to harp on them, although I would say that out of all the teams in the uh, NBA playoffs, they have been the team that's underperforming most. Um, the Lakers, um, I don't particularly share the sentiment that they've been underperforming. Uh, however, I think if they do go against a fully healthy Rockets team, um, or meet really even a fully healthy Clippers team, um, or who knows what who knows what the Mavericks will will be down the road, you know, and if if they win the series mm-hmm. and then beat the Jazz and then go on to meet the Lakers, like who knows if Luca ends up putting fifty a game, you know, he's he's been amazing. But I think the Lakers, in my eyes, have been playing um, okay basketball up until or. Uh, aside from the first game. The first game was kind of a shot to the mouth. They needed to, um, you know, get awake a little bit. Uh, and, and they also were hitting the trailblazers as they were coming off their fantastic um, playoff push from the sort of regular season. But also in my eyes, um, you know, the Clippers have been underperforming, but the Nuggets, I mean, they have just been sort of a, uh, a non, I mean, they're the third seed in a very strong West. And we were looking and coming for, into that. We were looking for mm-hmm. them to make a step this year, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, they've, they've got the pieces there, but they haven't been able to put it together. And they kind of had a, a tough draw because uh, the, they're placing a, a really good jazz team. Who's who's healthy. Um, and Donovan Mitchell is really playing probably the best best basketball of his career uh, in this playoff stretch so far. So they've got a bad draw, but man, if they lose uh, uh, the series four to one as the three seed, um, you know that's that's got to be difficult to swallow. And I think we're kind of like sort of writing them off a little bit and saying, well, yeah, the other three seed, but you know Donovan Mitchell is great and. They have a you know a bad hand and stuff like that, but I think we should have maybe expected more from the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Has anyone? And then we could do an entire podcast just on this one question and the ramifications of it. But is we didn't talk at all about the Sixers? How big yeah. of a disappointment is that? Yeah, I mean, I feel for the Sixers fans, you know, because they had to go through the process mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and they got out on the other side of that with some talented players with Embiid and Simmons. And, you know, they had a few questionable um, moves like the Horford signing. Um, but all in all, you know, they're coming into the playoffs as the six seed with um, a healthy Simmons and healthy Embiid. And then um, all of a sudden Simmons goes out and Embiid is left happy to carry his team. Um, against a, a really good Celtics team um, who we haven't mentioned his name yet on the podcast so far, but I'll be the first to throw it out. Jason Tatum has been playing great basketball. Um, I think he has the potential to lead the Celtics team far into the playoffs. So, you know, when if Simmons or Embiid were to go out, that's probably the result I would have expected. Um, but, you know, and we, you and I spoke about this we had a podcast where we spoke about the 76ers almost exclusively back, oh, I don't know, sometime in the spring or so. And we were talking about mm-hmm. sort of what they should do. And I, I can't remember if it was me or you, but one of us was talking about how they just – how they were short a, short a player. You know, how they needed to go out and get someone like Jimmy Butler, who they had. They need mm-hmm. to go out and get, you know, uh, someone who's on – sort of superstar level would be okay, but maybe that 10 to 20 uh, rated range of, of players um, to add that piece. And that becomes so much more apparent when Embiid or Simmons gets hurt because they're not just a one man team. If one of those two goes out. So, you know, I know Brett Brown was, was fired and part of me thinks, okay, well, I, there's probably a better fit there, but also part of me thinks that that team's not going to win regardless of who the coach is, if Embiid or Simmons is injured. So I don't know. Like you said, we could, we could discuss this for a long time and the implications of, of that sweep, but it's going to be interesting to see what um, Elton Brand and that team do in the next few months. Yep, for sure. 
I think they should blow it up. And I think, I don't think if Brett Brown deserved to be fired, that Elton Brand should be far behind because, uh, you know, um, Brown could only play the players that were on the team and that was left up to Brand. So it's a, yeah, it's, it's tough working with chemistry and getting guys that fit together and play well together. That's, that's obvious, but, but that's the job. So, yeah. And Ellen Brad came out and said today that um, they're not going to try to trade off and beat or Simmons. Now, maybe that was just uh, just talk and, you know, we'll see what happens. But that was the position that he took. I believe it was earlier today uh, about the future of those two players. So we'll see what happens with their personnel and their players uh, in Philadelphia for sure. So let's get back to teams that um, are actually still in the playoffs um, who do you think, what's your take on the series still going on? I know we have three sweeps already happened in the Eastern conference. Are, are you taking the, um, we're, we're pretty much decided that the Lakers are moving on Clippers Mavs. Is that the, and Clippers Mavs thunder Houston are the two, two series. Yeah. Those that's are the correct. ones yeah, that are the most up in the air, I guess. Yeah, I would say the East is basically spoken for unless the Magic can make a very magical run. Now, they, they are the home team, essentially, in playing in Orlando. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. if there's anyone that can come back from a, a 3-1 to one deficit, it's the Magic. But I think the East is basically um, written for, um, yeah, the Nuggets Jazz. That, that may be over um, within an hour, to be honest. Um, Lakers Trailblazers, yeah, you know, I think, that's a foregone conclusion. So the two two matchups, like you said, Mavs Clippers and Rockets Thunder, those are the the two that are still up in the air. Um, man, I hope they I hope they both go to Game Sevens because they're really interesting. Um, I think the if I had to guess, I would say that the Rockets would um, end up winning the series. Uh, I would say that because primarily. It looks like Russell Westbrook may be able to come back, if not for the next game, uh, potentially for uh, Game 6 or Game 7, if necessary. And I think I don't see them losing a game to the Thunder that he plays in. So if he comes back, I would say that's obviously a huge help, and it essentially seals the deal for the Rockets to win that series. But even if he doesn't come back, I just think James Harden can basically turn it on enough that um, he can prevent – he can score so much – that they can prevent the loss. The Clippers Mavs series is one that's a little more up in the air for me, to be honest. I really don't know what to make of this. Part of me says, well, you know, it's just the good team needs to get their footing and the, the lower ranked team is just, you know, having some really good uncharacteristic games and everything will kind of regress to the mean eventually. But I don't know if that's the case. I think the Mavs might upset the Clippers truly in this um, matchup, mm -hmm. you know, the Clippers have just been playing genuinely so poorly. I don't know if it's sort of a funk for playing in the bubble or what exactly is happening, but the Mavs are playing excellent and they've done this with a banged up Kristaps Porzingis. So if they were to get him back to full health, then man, the Mavs may take the Clippers. I'm not sure if I had to say one way or the other. Oh man. I hate to say this, I'd probably still pick Clippers just because of my propensity to, to pick sort of the higher higher seed mm -hmm. in matchups like this. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Mavs ended up winning. What do you think about as the as the Texan on this show? Mavs or Clips? A limit if you can if you're able to take away your bias. Yeah, obviously I'm rooting so hard for Luka Doncic and the Mavericks, but I. I do have to think back to the incredible feats I've seen Kawhi Leonard pull off in the playoffs and think that, you know, there's, there's, there's still another level potentially like, and if they can get it together as a team, if they can get any sort of contribution from Paul George, that they can outmatch this Mavs team. Um, basketball is a team game, but unlike any other sport, the NBA is often determined by who has the best player on the court. 
and to this point in that series, it's been Luka Doncic. And I've with without help from Kristaps and you know the the cast of misfits that the Mavericks are putting out there, um, I don't know that Luka can just shoulder this load all the way to the finish line for this series. Um, if I had to bet against, uh, if I had to bet, I'd say he won't be able to. But I, I really hope he does. I hope Paul George. Um, I don't know. Uh, doesn't come out of his funk anytime soon, and I hope Kawhi Leonard doesn't do what he did to the 76ers last year. So that's my hopes and dreams. But I, I have to agree with you on that one. I have to agree with you as well on the Thunder and the Rockets. I haven't watched much of that series, but I just I can't get the feeling that the Thunder have a legit chance. I don't know why. And maybe it's because I could probably name more Major League Soccer players than Thunder players at this point in time. I, I don't know. Um, is Steven Adams still in the league? Is that is he still playing for the Thunder? <laughs> yeah, that's Steven Adams. Is uh, he is still on the Thunder? Um, although I believe he's been um, banged up for this series. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I agree. Yeah, I yeah. think I, we we agree on who's who's moving forward there. Though, yeah, I want to see chaos. I would love to see um, the Mavericks upset the Clippers. That's not going to change anything as far as the landscape of the NBA. I don't think unless the Mavericks, you know, make a title run and land some big free agent. But um, you know, seeing the Thunder upset the. Um, upset the Rockets could be a shift. It could mean D'Antoni loses his job. It could mean um, do the Rockets completely blow it up and try to get rid of Russell Westbrook only a year into that experiment. Who knows? It. I, I always root yeah. for chaos, so that would be awesome. Uh-huh. I just don't see that one happening. Yes, well, it's been chaos in the bubble so far, so it probably will continue to be chaos in the bubble, I'm sure. Yep. So... Give me uh, who's looked the best, best team, best coach in the playoffs thus far. The best team has been the Utah Jazz. Um, they're going up against good competition in the Denver Nuggets, uh, and they've been playing complete basketball, and they're led by a star in Donovan Mitchell. Um, they really haven't had a whole lot of setbacks. Um, obviously, they haven't, uh, they didn't sweep, um, but the teams that swept in the East. You know they weren't the they weren't going against um, the toughest of competition. Um, so the team that has looked the best and the most complete has been the Utah Jazz, and they play the winner of the Clippers Mavs series. So that'll be really really interesting. Um, the best coach so far has been Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan is somehow putting together uh, a stream of wins, being competitive with uh, Chris Paul. And yes, they've got some talented role players with Shai Gilgis Alexander and, um, and and some other guys as well. But overall, there's not a lot of great players on the Thunder. And Chris Paul, um, he's still great, but he's not what he used to be. So being mm-hmm. able to put that together um, and, you know, you, you had the departure of, of – Westbrook over the um, offseason, being able to do that is just a phenomenal um, job so far in tying that series. Um, now, if Westbrook comes back and Donovan still leads them to victory, you might as well just crown Billy Donovan the, the head coach of the entire playoffs, <laughs> even if it's just the first round, because that would have been such a good mm-hmm. coaching job. Um, but overall, you know, there's... Um, there's a lot of the, the East is kind of a little bit of a different ball game, I think, than the West. Still, there's talented teams, but I think that the level of play is a little bit higher in the West. So that's why my uh, best overall team and best overall coach so far comes from the West. It is definitely hard to see in the East who's who's. We know the teams that are left are good, but are they great? Because they didn't play good teams. They played. Yeah. They played bad teams, frankly. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I would only toss Nick Nurse into the mix just because what he's been able to do this whole season after losing the arguably the best player in the NBA in Kawhi Leonard. Uh, you know, they win a title, they lose their best player, who was their only superstar, and they are the two seed? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. That's that's nuts. Right. I think Nick Nurse will supplant Billy Donovan in my eyes if they're able to win the series over the Celtics. I mean, he's he's a phenomenal coach, and I believe he won Coach of the Year um, this year, or perhaps mm-hmm. a co-coach of the year. Um, but, you know, and he's – obviously they swept, so they're doing exactly what they need to do. Um, it's just that lower bit of competition that the Nets offered uh, relative to some of the Western teams. But, no, he's you make an excellent point. Nick Nurse is phenom- doing phenomenal this season and in the playoffs so far. So – their team going against the Celtics, that'll be a great series to watch. It should be. Uh, that We're going to have a lot of entertaining basketball. I don't know how to answer, answer this last question. I mean, we gotta we got to give the people what they want, and the people want a prediction, Ben. And I have no clue how to judge this because you have two different kinds of toss-ups. In the East, you have a toss-up of, like I just said, who's good? Like, we saw a bunch of good teams beat a bunch of bad teams. Now we're about to see some series where we have good teams versus good teams. We're probably going to get a little clarity about who's going to come out on top in this next ser- in this next round. But in the West, we've got the opposite problem. We've got every team seems to be comp- and you know maybe the the Nuggets right now. So you know it, are the we thought that the the Rockets would thrive in this environment with their their shooting style. You know, they might thrive against the Lakers, who don't play good perimeter defense. Uh, but are they going to survive? And then you've got the Clippers, who are the deepest team left in the playoffs, and but they they're struggling against the Mavericks, who um, you know are dependent on big minutes from a recent acquisition in Trey Burke. So. Mm-hmm. Who's going to win it all? How do you how how are you even picking that? You know the factor that I'm using uh, is is health. To be honest, I think health is going to like I was saying earlier because of the truncated uh, duration between games. I think health is and players being banged up is going to play a huge role in the ability for teams to win. And that's how I'm looking at it. When I look at teams like the Mavs, okay, Kristaps is banged up. When I look at teams like <clears throat> the Rockets, you have obviously Russell Westbrook, who's been banged up. Um, they're going to have to go against the Lakers if they win that series. It's going to be back by then. Um, the, the East generally has, has uh, is for the most part healthy. So that is, I'm looking at, you know, who do I think is going to be able to have a sustained high level of play which encompasses staying healthy um, throughout the second and the third and the um, championship. So because of that, that brings to my eyes, okay, well, I don't know about the Mavericks. I don't know about the Rockets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Jazz have been a healthy team. The Clippers have been by and large a healthy team, but the Clippers aren't playing great basketball. So, I've thought about this a little bit. Um, I'm going to go, and this is sort of a, this isn't a great, um, I guess, pick from a entertainment standpoint, (laughs) but I'm going to go from the West, the Lakers. I think, I think it's a combination of LeBron being LeBron and then the West having some injury trouble, to be quite honest. From the East, I think the Celtics are going to represent the East. Um, I think they're a talented group. I think Jason Tatum, this is going to come his, uh, you know, he's already had a, a lot of coming out parties, but I think this is going to be his like true, you know, breaking, hey, I'm here on the main stage, pay attention to me party uh, that he is going to show ever. He's going to show the world. She's going to show the bubble and then the world what he is made out of. Um, you know, I think that the Bucks have a really good team, um, but you know, to be quite honest, how they performed against the Magic in Game One was worrying to me uh, because they just did not look into it at all. So I think the Celtics are going to take the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals and then meet the Lakers in 
the championship. Between other than that, man, I don't know. Between those two Celtics Lakers, if I had to say, I'd probably say the Lakers would would beat the Celtics. Um, if I was forced to say right now, which I guess is the point yeah. of that question. In in that scenario, I I'd have to agree with you because I like the Celtics are great. I love Jason Tatum, but they're young. Their talent is is young. Yeah, they've got, but the guys that are going to lead that team are. Uh, Brown and um, and Tatum and those guys are young and inexperienced so I cannot see them overcoming LeBron and his championship experience and the hunger that he has like so if those two teams meet yeah I've got to go with it's not the Celtics turn yet if you if you catch my drift like they they'll get theirs I I do believe they will but it's not their turn yet um now, but I don't I don't think I agree with you that the Lakers are going to make it that far. Just like you're concerned because of game 1 with the Bucks, I'm still concerned about the Lakers because of how they played in game 1 against the the Trailblazers. I think they have yeah. some some gaping holes and I don't know when they when they play a team that's that's a little healthier than when they play a team that uh that maybe has it more together. Um, I don't know that they're going to make it past. So I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to hedge my bet from earlier. I said the Clippers were going to beat the Mavs when asked about that, but I'm going to pick the Mavs to be my Western Conference uh, champion. And because I mean, if they can get past the Clippers, who else is going to stop them? You know, I don't, the Jazz are a good team. Yeah, but they don't have an answer for Luka Doncic. And then whoever they're playing between the Lakers and the Rockets, I mean, you really going to take the Rockets in a third-round series? I mean, James Harden's going to be ten times as gassed as he is already. So Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and then the Lakers, like uh, like I said, if they make it to the Western Conference Finals against a team like the Mavs, can they match up? Can they – um, can they continue to play good enough defense to hide their their lack of scoring? Um, I, I just I don't think so. I think if the if the Mavericks get past this, uh, the momentum's on their side. I do think they need a healthy Kristaps, but being able to beat the Clippers without him is a you know a big deal. On the East, man, that's that's tough because I do I like the Celtics. I think the Celtics are good. I'd like to pick the Heat just because I think they'd be a great story. Um, but I'd have to go chalk. I'll, I'll stick with the Bucks. say that they, they get it together and run through the East um, with relative ease. Um, but I'll, I'll go with the Mavs to win it all. I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know why. I'm just feeling like if they can get past this first series – I will feel really good about their chances. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think the entire, especially the West uh, Western conference playoffs, but the entire playoffs largely hinge on the health of Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis is healthy, 100%, that Lakers team is really hard to beat. Mm-hmm. But if he's not, then we're looking at a LeBron with, the Cavs situation again mm-hmm. um, when Kyrie was was out, you know, basically almost all LeBron having to do it, which isn't going to get it done in the Western Conference. So largely that I think the, the Western Conference and the playoffs um, in general revolves around the health of Anthony Davis. And to me, <laughs> that's a that's a very questionable point because he is a very injury prone player. So it, it will be a interesting to see if he stays healthy for the remainder of the playoffs but i love your pick you know i i wish i had the courage to make (laughs) the mavericks pick it's a fun pick and man don't we if if i got to watch luca play for three more rounds of basketball i'd be completely fine with that oh yeah incredible incredible he is uh he's shown out in the year that was supposed to be all about zion williamson zion has been hurt 
he came into the bubble out of shape. He did. I, I watched one game um, when he was playing, and he he looked heavy. He did, he didn't look good. Um, I hope he can get it together. But I mean, this league is is Luka Doncic's for the ta- for the taking. In my eyes, is what I've seen this playoffs and this bubble. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's going to be fun, and we've got uh, even another game on tonight, and then I think some games tomorrow. So we've got a lot of basketball to watch ahead of us, Logan. It's going to be great. Can't wait. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today on our podcast. We know it's been a while, so thanks for tuning in, old and new listeners. If you would like to follow us on social media, you can do so at Twitter, uh, our handle is at going for two underscore pod, going for two underscore pod, or you can follow us at uh, going for two pod on Instagram or send us an email via Gmail, which is at going, or excuse me, it is going for two pod one nine at gmail.com. So shoot us a DM, email us, send us a snail mail, uh, and be on the lookout for some possible sticker challenges Logan what do you think those might be be coming I know we've uh, we have some stickers for our listeners yeah Uh, if if you share the podcast I think is the criteria so yes um, share share an episode um, on any form of social media and message us and we will send you a sticker or two they're very cool Logan did a great job making them. Um, until next time, you know, Logan, it's been fun, and I look forward to watching the playoffs and discussing it with you further at another date. It's been real. Have a good one, everyone. Bye-bye.